Hello and welcome to episode 308 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you today. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Thursday, September the 22nd, 2022, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ, continuing to go through the text of the glories of Mary by the great saint and doctor of the church, Alphonsus Liguri. We've been discussing the virtues of the Most Blessed Virgin Mary, and this is from St. Alphonsus, section 6, entitled, of Mary's chastity. And he begins by saying, since the fall of Adam, the senses being rebellious to reason, chastity is of all virtues, the one which is the most difficult to practice. St. Augustine says, of all the combats in which we are engaged, the most severe are those of chastity. Its battles are of daily occurrence, but victory is rare. May God be ever praised, however, who in Mary has given us a great example of this virtue. With reason, says Richard of St. Lawrence, is Mary called the Virgin of Virgins, for she, without the counsel or example of others, was the first who offered her virginity to God. Thus did she bring all virgins who imitate her to God, as David had already foretold. After her shall virgins be brought into the temple of the king, without counsel and without example. Yes, for St. Bernard says, O virgin, who taught thee to please God by virginity and to lead an angel's life on earth. Ah, replies St. Sophronius, God chose this most pure virgin for his mother, that she might be an example of chastity to all. Therefore, does St. Ambrose call Mary the standard bearer of virginity? By reason of her purity, the Blessed Virgin was also declared by the Holy Ghost to be beautiful as the turtle dove. Thy cheeks are beautiful as the turtle doves. Mary, says Aponius, was a most pure turtle dove. For the same reason, she was also called a lily. As the lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. On this passage, Dennis the Carthusian remarks that Mary was compared to a lily amongst thorns, because all other virgins were thorns, either to themselves or to others, but that the Blessed Virgin was so neither to herself nor to others, for she inspired all who looked at her with chaste thoughts. This is confirmed by St. Thomas, who says that the beauty of the Blessed Virgin was an incentive to chastity and all who beheld her. St. Jerome declared that it was his opinion that St. Joseph remained a virgin by living with Mary. For writing against the heretic Helvidius, who denied Mary's virginity, he says, Thou sayest that Mary did not remain a virgin. I say that not only she remained a virgin, but even that Joseph preserved his virginity through Mary. An author says that so much did the Blessed Virgin love this virtue that to preserve it, she would have been willing to have renounced even the dignity of Mother of God. This we may conclude from her answer to the archangel, how shall this be done because I know not man? And from the word she afterwards added, be it done to me according to thy word, signifying that she gave her consent on the condition that, as the angel had assured her, she should become a mother only by the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost. St. Ambrose says that whoever has preserved chastity is an angel and that he who has lost it is a devil. Our Lord assures us that those who are chaste become angels. They shall be as the angels of God in heaven. But the impure become as devils, hateful in the sight of God. St. Remigius used to say that the greater part of adults are lost by this vice. Seldom, as we have already said with St. Augustine, is a victory gained over this vice. But why? It is because the means by which it may be gained are seldom made of use. These means are three, according to Bellarmine and the masters of spiritual life. Fasting, the avoidance of dangerous occasions, and prayer. 
By fasting is to be understood especially mortification of the eyes and of the appetite. Although our Blessed Lady was full of divine grace, yet she was so mortified in her eyes that, according to St. Epiphanius and St. John Damascene, she always kept them cast down and never fixed them on anyone. And they say that from her very childhood, her modesty was such that it filled everyone who saw her with astonishment. Hence, St. Luke remarks that in going to visit St. Elizabeth, she went with haste, that she might be less seen in public. Philibert relates that as to her food, it was revealed to a hermit named Felix, that when a baby, she only took milk once a day. St. Gregory of Tours affirms that throughout her life, she fasted. And St. Bonaventure adds that Mary would never have found so much grace, had she not been more moderate in her food. For grace and gluttony cannot subsist together. In fine, Mary was mortified in all, so that of her it was said, my hands dropped with myrrh. The second means is to fly the occasions of sin. He that is aware of the snares shall be secure. Hence, St. Philip Neri says that in the war of the senses, cowards conquer. That is to say, those who fly from dangerous occasions. Mary fled as much as possible from the sight of men. And therefore, St. Luke, Luke remarks that in going to visit St. Elizabeth, she went with haste into the hill country. An author observes that the Blessed Virgin left St. Elizabeth before St. John was born, as we learn from the same gospel, where it is said that Mary abode with her about three months, and she returned to her own house. Now Elizabeth's full time of being delivered was come, and she brought forth a son. And why did she not wait for this event? It was that she might avoid the conversations and visits which would accompany it. The third means is prayer. And as I knew, said the wise man, that I could not otherwise be continent except God gave it, I went to the Lord and besought him. The Blessed Virgin revealed to St. Elizabeth of Hungary that she acquired no virtue without effort and continual prayer. St. John Damascene says that Mary is pure and a lover of purity. Hence, she cannot endure those who are unchaste. But whoever has recourse to her will certainly be delivered from this vice, if he only pronounces her name with confidence. The venerable John de Avila used to say that many have conquered impure temptations by only having devotion to her immaculate conception. O Mary, O most pure dove, how many are now in hell on account of this vice? Sovereign Lady, obtain us the grace always to have recourse to thee in our temptations and always to invoke thee, saying, Mary, Mary, help us. Amen. So ends the reading for today. There are so many temptations to impurity in the world. I'm not going to list them here because they're vile and you know them as well as I do. Because the demons hate purity and they're running amok in the world. But the Blessed Mother is more powerful than all of them combined. She is the virgin most powerful. She is the virgin most pure. She is the virgin most chaste. So we're always tempted in this life. It doesn't matter if you're 13 years old or 93 years old. We always are going to have temptations to sin in some way, shape, or form. Um, but lust is a big problem. I agree with Sister Ann Shields when she says that lust is probably the biggest problem in the world. And the Blessed Mother said at Fatima that um, sins pertaining to the flesh, you know, sins of lust cause the most souls to fall into hell. And St. Alphonsus Liguri relates that here and talks about the other saints saying the same thing. It's because something that is not only beautiful, something that is sacred, 
like the marital embrace, the love between a husband and his wife that is supposed to be open to bringing forth new life, procreation. Like Mr. Kipley says, sexual intercourse is intended by God to be at least implicitly a renewal of the marriage covenant. I'll repeat that. 17 words, but very profound. Sexual intercourse is intended by God to be at least implicitly a renewal of the marriage covenant. So that means every time a man makes love to his wife, he's not, you know, explicitly saying with his mind, I'm renewing my marriage covenant now, but with with their bodies, they are. And with their bodies, they're saying, we would do this all over again. And we love each other and we love God so much. So when something that wonderful, something that sacred is then taken out of the context of marriage and is put into uh, fornication, adultery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and we know, you know, about evil images on the internet and, and so forth, when it's taken out of its proper context, then it's made profane. You know, it's made into something common instead of something that's supposed to be hidden something that's supposed to be secret and something that's supposed to be sacred between a man and his wife. The Blessed Mother lived as a virgin her whole life. She was perpetually a virgin, even after her birth. So virginity is something that is very, very good. And people who are called to the priesthood and religious life give up the pleasures associated with married life for a greater calling to live themselves, to excuse me, to live their lives more fully for God. Does that mean marriage is bad? No, of course not. Like I said, marriage is beautiful. Marriage is wonderful when properly understood. It's just that those who take vows of chastity, poverty, and obedience decide to more fully give themselves over to the Lord. We can serve the Lord in a number of ways. And for most people, it's marriage and family life and being open to the gift of children. But some decide to take those vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience and more radically give themselves to the Lord like the Blessed Mother did. So let's call on her. Let's call on her who is most chaste, who is most pure in these times when uh, debauchery and licentiousness is seen as not only being common, but every sort of perversion is celebrated. The whole world needs a return to chastity, to modesty, to self-control. And it's going to be through the power, through the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima that that takes place. Once again, I'd like to offer up prayers for non-speakers and their families. Once again, the website I'm going to mention is Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach. That's Halo, H-A-L-O, hyphen, Soma, S-O-M-A, dot org. H-A-L-O, hyphen, S-O-M-A, dot org. And if you refer back to episode 277, when I talked with my sister Toby and my wonderful niece Brielle about RPM, Rapid Prompting Method, also known as Typing to Communicate, we're trying to get the information out there for help and also for healing for those with autism, for people who are physically unable to speak but have the ability, the wonderful ability, to communicate via a letter board. 
It's called typing to talk or RPM, rapid prompting method. And it's been such a blessing um, in my life. It's such a blessing in Brielle's life and Toby's and, and our family. So once again, that's H-A-L-O hyphen S-O-M-A dot org. And let us ask the angels and saints to intercede on the behalf of all non-speakers and their families that they get the help they so richly deserve. Prayer for healing. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you, through the intercession of St. Raphael Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health, that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. The Prayer of St. Louis de Montfort. Hail Joseph the Just, wisdom is with you. Blessed are you among all men, and blessed is Jesus, the fruit of Mary, your faithful spouse. Holy Joseph, worthy foster father of Jesus Christ, pray for us sinners and obtain divine wisdom for us from God, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. And now the three Hail Marys in honor of Our Lady's Immaculate Purity. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Jesus, Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Jesus, Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. And now for a special intention, which I'd like to keep to myself. I ask you to pray for it now with me as I pray. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pronobis. Sancti Joseph Teradimonem, ora pronobis. Sancta Raphael Archangeli, ora pronobis. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 308 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. And most importantly, Pray for the eternal salvation of all bishops. Goodbye and God love you.